<laughs> so folks, uh, we are going to spend uh, half an hour talking with uh, Waikit Lau, who is a very, very, very experienced investor, advisor, and also operator from the industry with a very special expertise in artificial intelligence. Waikit, welcome to the show, and I'm thrilled to have a fellow MIT alum on the call. Great. Uh, well, so I apologize for the technical difficulties. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about what you've been up to so our audience gets to know you and your uh, background, and then we'll get to what kind of things are you investing in to, at this point. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, uh, very quickly, I'll just give you my background. Uh, I'm trained as an engineer uh MIT back in the mid-'90s. Uh, the last 20 years mostly have been in uh, technology. I, 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 I kind of call myself having a checkered background because I've done pretty much a lot of uh, <laughs> very different roles in, in technology. Um, uh, I've started uh, three companies. Uh, two of them got acquired, and then I helped take one public um, back in 2013. I've also spent some time in big uh, tech companies at Cisco, uh, I was part of the uh, Scientific Atlanta group, uh, the IP set-top boxes, uh, uh, about 12 years, 13 years ago. Uh, I'd also spent some time uh, as an investor at Bessemer Venture Partners, uh, again, about uh, 12, 13 years ago. Um, the last uh, thing I did was, uh, so the last company I started was uh, about 10 years ago. It was a company called ScanScout. We applied machine learning to understanding videos. So this is, we started around the same time as YouTube, and our thesis was um, video behaves very differently uh, uh, in search and in ad matching than web pages. So um, as we suspect video will become popular, uh, this is back in 2005, 2006, um, you're going to have the same two problems, which is you have a search problem, uh, a discovery problem, and then you have a monetization problem. So we basically built a platform that uses machine learning to understand what a video is, and then based on that, be able to inject um, uh, an appropriate ad, a contextual ad, into the video. So uh, very similar to, uh, you know, what AdSense for Video would have been. So anyway, um, we did that. It got acquired in 2010, uh, and then we helped take the acquirer public in 2013. And then in the last few years, been mostly uh, advising, investing, uh, in companies, I've started a, uh, a, a machine learning, a deep learning community that's grown to about 150,000 people now. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of where 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 we're spending time. So, Waikat, you were uh, you missed the early part of this session. Um, this is the world's largest virtual accelerator global virtual accelerator. We have entrepreneurs from all around the world um, who participate in this forum, and we have a community of half a million people. So either they're entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs or technology industry people. So what I'm going to try to do in the you know next few minutes is to help our entrepreneurs who are working in in your domain Understand how you think about investments, how you invest, what you invest in, what you what your investment thesis is, and where do you think great companies are going to be built in this next generation. So let's start by, you know, addressing what you like to invest in, domain-wise and and stage-wise. 
Yeah, I uh, the stage wise is easy. I I'm, I'm mostly I find myself most most helpful usually very early stages. So anywhere from literally two guys with an idea on the napkin, no product, no demos, uh, all the way to um, you know basically a classical Series A, right? Uh, product out, maybe some revenues. Um, so early stage is kind of where my focus is. Um, and then in terms of domain, uh, you know, I, I really don't. You know, I think unlike a lot of investors, I, um, I I look at everything with the exception of pharma or biotech because I have zero knowledge there. Um, but I have invested in all the way from chips, semiconductor, to uh, software applications, right? um, and to you know blockchain-related companies, crypto-related companies. I think to me, it matters less about the domain. I think it's really about uh, the team the problem, and, and basically the team and the problems, right? Is it is it a big enough problem? Is it a problem worth solving? And then is this the right team? Is this the the the, the, the right people to, to tackle it? And um, what about geography? You are based in Boston, right? Yes, yes. Do you so invest only uh, in the Boston area? or? No, I uh, I, I, I don't. Um, so I limit my, my focus on, I mean, so I invest anywhere in the U.S., I've done deals, um, you know, so I, over the last 10 years, I've invested in about, you know, maybe 50 to 60 companies, uh, and they're all over the place, uh, but they're all in the U.S. Uh, they're all in the U.S. Uh, primarily. Okay. And your average check size is? Uh, it ra ranges anywhere from uh, 25000 to 50000 Okay. And um, let's talk a little bit about um, how you operate. So if you put in a 25 to 50K, do you operate with a syndicate that would bring in the rest? Do you lead a syndicate or you do, do you follow into a syndicate? How do, you, how do you manage all these, you know, you've invested in 50 companies as a personal investor. What, what is the process? Yeah, no. So it really depends on what the entrepreneur wants and needs, right? So it ranges from uh, on one end of the spectrum, uh, they may they may say, "Hey, I've got no connections. I'm new to this, but I've got something really interesting." Um, so I essentially help them uh, either put together a syndicate um, where I run the syndicate, or I introduce them to uh, potential lead investors uh, that uh, I think would uh, gel and gel with them pers uh, personality-wise and understand what they're what they're trying to build. Um, so, so I also, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, entrepreneurs already have the syndicate set or they have a lead investor. In which case, I'm just a follower. You know, I, I'll just write a check uh, for myself. Um, you know, in the cases where I have actually uh, either led uh, or co-led, um, it runs a few, it runs the gamut, right? I have a angel list syndicate where I've done deals where I, you know, run a few hundred thousand dollars. I run a syndicate that's a few hundred thousand dollars. Or I have also done it outside of angel list syndicate because, you know, some entrepreneurs say, hey, you know, I don't really want to do angel list. I'd rather do it outside of angel list. And, you know, I think it's, you know, I just basically say, you know, whatever you want, uh, I can be helpful. Okay. Now, uh, you know, what we try to do here is work on a lot of case studies. So um, before you came in, we were doing basically pitches where we were strategizing on a couple of companies and um, and people get to listen to how to think about different problems. 
So in your um, portfolio, in all the 50 companies that you've invested in, could you take us through a couple of case studies and explain what uh, was the idea that came to you, what stage it came to you at, and what was it that really struck you that this is going to be powerful, this is going to be a high potential um, technology and business opportunity that got you to invest? Yeah, no, absolutely. I can give you a couple of examples on sort of various uh, stages and, and feel, uh, you know, no, in no particular order. So uh, I'll say uh, uh, the first one it would be uh, that I, I, I think is an interesting case study is a company uh, out of MIT uh, spin out. Um, it's uh, 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 four MIT alums. Uh, they were students mm -hmm. a few years ago. I met them. I was mentoring them. They then get got into uh, Y Combinator. The company is called Multiply Labs. Um, so what, this is what they're doing, which is very interesting. So they have figured out a way using uh, off-the-shelf 3D printers to print, and they modified the printer uh, to print uh, pills using FDA-approved polymer, right? So what they can do is oh. they can print a pill with different pockets in wow. the pill. So you can actually have different wow. ingredients in the pill and have different uh, wall thickness of the pill so it actually have different release schedules, right? Um, so it's really interesting. No one has done this before, and essentially what they've built using that platform is a, an assembly line to 3D print at volume uh, pills. Uh, they're starting off with uh, dietary, supp dietary supplements. Obviously, where this becomes huge um, is uh, pharma applications. Right. Insulin so, and all that. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, no, it takes a long time, right, to go through the pharma process. So the dietary mm -hmm. supplement uh, piece is sort of the, the low-hanging fruit and kind of where they're focused on to get the scale and prove that this is this this works. Um, uh, so 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 in that case, you know, when I saw them, I was mentoring them. I thought this is really interesting, and then they got into Y Combinator. This is one of those cases where I was a, a follow-on investor, right. and. When they had when they had leaders, said, you know, uh, I'm in. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's a big problem, and more importantly, they are the right team to solve it. It's essentially two PhDs in mechanical engineering and and, pharma, uh, and pharmacology, and then they had uh, two uh, Sloan MBAs uh, out of that uh, as well. So that's kind of the four-person core team, as well-rounded team. Um, so yeah, so that's that's one one example. Um, Another example uh, is a company called Swirls. Um, it is, you know, I got introduced, and this is one of those cases where, you know, like two, three degrees of separation. I got introduced to them by a, uh, an ex-board member of mine from the last company. And, and when they came to me, it was literally two guys with uh, a white paper. Right, they have, they have some demos, some code, okay. and this is in the this is in the crypto space. Uh, they have essentially invented mm -hmm. a better mousetrap for consensus algorithm. Right, so you've got you look at Ethereum, Bitcoin, and all that stuff today, which is huge, but they still suffer from a lot of technical challenges. The performance is actually fairly low. Right, so you know Ethereum can do 15 transactions per second. Right, mm -hmm. uh, relatively speaking, if you look at Visa. Right, which is a, you know, Visa is a huge company, right? Visa can do up to 50,000 transactions per second. But Visa is not decentralized, right? It doesn't run on decentralized okay. infrastructure. 
So what these guys have done is they've built a platform, an algorithm, a technology that can actually, uh, in some ways, the best analogy I can think of is if you watch Silicon Valley, the show on HBO, mm-hmm. you know, the pipe, pipe, the pipe piper, the new internet. <laughs> so this is what, in real life, what these guys have solved, literally a new <laughs> consensus algorithm to build a new internet. And, and it's funny, when I, saw, I watched the show, I'm like, holy crap, this is the, so the technology is called Hashgraph. Has it's called Hashgraph, and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> so this is this is one of those those funny cases where it's sort of like 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 you know life imitating art, and and so um and they have seen they have since so I invested in them a year ago. In the last year, they have since gotten a lot of buzz. Uh, so again, the company is called Hashgraph. Um, I've gotten a lot of buzz, and again, you know I um. Um, you know, they knocked on a number of doors in the beginning, and a lot of them was my introductions, and a lot of people just, it was hard to understand, right? Um, uh, you know, it took me a couple of weeks to really, truly grasp sort of the importance of what they're doing. So anyway, um, so that's another example. So those are kind of two examples. They're, they're, they're sort of very different tenor. Um, uh, so, so in that one, example... I, yeah, what was the stage at which you got involved, or how did you, how did the so project move? this was... I, I think I was in this case. I think I was the the third or the fourth check into the company. I mean, literally, I was so early. There was no lead. Um, they raised a little bit of angel money before. I just basically said, I like you guys so much. I like the, your personalities and team and your technology so much that um, you know you guys would. I will help you find a lead, and you guys will be able to find a lead. But you know, I'll write my check now. I, I'm just uh, like I'm not going to wait uh, because I think you guys are doing something really interesting. Um, yeah. So for them, it's very early, right? So for them, it's literally two guys with a white paper and some code, uh, and that was it. Excellent. You know, what's very inspiring listening to you for this community is that we constantly these days see investors, including angel investors and these micro VC funds, who are all wanting to come in after there is validation and and many after there is some traction. So there's business model validation, there's clearly a product in place, there are customers who are buying it and blah, blah, blah. And when you're developing complex technology and, and, you know, especially making some very serious uh, technological breakthroughs like the kinds you're describing, the two examples you gave are like hardcore technology areas it's not so easy to get to check all those boxes before going out to raise financing. You need financing to get to those checkpoints. And it's yeah, very no, nice good point. to see that you're working on in those phases. Yeah, so what I tell these guys, by the way, when I kind of do the check before the lead comes in, before the, so, so the, the one thing I do ask them to promise me, and I do kind of sit down with them to make sure that we do agree on it, is to make yeah. sure that, Whatever their financing plan, it is well capitalized. And I've I've made plenty of investment mistakes where I would write the check, and 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 it turns out they ended up undercapitalizing, right. right? So so they don't have enough runway to get to the milestones for the next round. Yeah. So what hap- what ended up happening was that whatever money they raised in that round just end up it just gets wasted. They couldn't raise the next round. They have to shut down. They have to shut the company. Right. Yeah. So. So a lot of these, I mean, these are like things that you learn early on, you know, in angel investing, the mistakes you make, right? So one of the things I always tell these guys, 
early on is like, guys, let's work through your financing plan and let's look at your product milestone, your customer power, whatever milestone that might be that allows you to raise the next round. You know, it's very simple. Let's work backwards, right? Let's work backwards yeah, how much absolutely. money you need, what's your burn, and then let's just add six months of buffer, seasonality and whatever, and then, and, then, and then that's the amount that you need to raise. And for me to write a check now, I need you to promise me and look me in the eye that you're gonna, this is the amount you're going to raise. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, you know, we kind of, in our methodology, we differentiate between lean startups and fat startups. There are certain companies that can be built as lean startups, and, and that can get to um, validation, traction, adoption quickly and with small amounts of capital. And there are all sorts of bootstrapping techniques that we are using. We were earlier, uh, before you came uh, on the line, there was a presentation from Ram Ramdas, who actually has a question for you in public chat, um, who presented a very interesting FinTech company in India that actually took a first customer in for a you know couple of hundred thousand, about $300,000 of upfront license fee payment and plus maintenance, which allowed them to basically use that as seed money. That's fine. Those kinds of strategies for bootstrapping are fine, but if you're going the route of raising money from yeah. investors and if you don't capitalize it enough in a fast startup scenario, that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, exactly. So you have a couple of questions from the audience, uh, like it's one is, uh, I think actually Ram Ramdas is asking you, do you invest in Indian startups focused on solving problems in the Indian market, but related to your domains of interest? Yeah, no, uh, uh, Sean says I don't. Uh, and, and the reason is, uh, I mean, I find that, um, you know, startups in different countries, I think startups in different countries are very different, right? I think. I think you even see the differences between, you know, startups in the West Coast in Silicon Valley versus startups, you know, if you're building a startup in, you know, the Southeast, right? And they kind of take on very different tenor and cultural uh, cultural differences. Not that one is better, one type is better than another, but it's just, it's just that um, even with that, I sometimes kind of struggle with, like, understanding sort of, you know, their way of doing things. Um, yeah, with international startups, I just, number one, I can't be as helpful. Uh, you know, beyond the check. Uh, I think number two is I just don't really understand uh, the cadence, right? Uh, yeah. uh, so, so I don't. So I, so I generally just kind of, yeah. So Ram, uh, just an adjoinder to Waikit's feedback, there are very specific uh, investors, both angel investors as well as micro VCs and VCs who will invest in Indian startups. So, um, we have all those contacts. So as long as you're working within the one million by one million framework, we will introduce you to the right people. Um, like it, the next question you have is from Jimish Shah, and he's asking, my question for you is, how do you find the right team when you just have an idea? And I think Jimish is asking this question from an entrepreneur's point of view. So if you could answer him with your entrepreneur hat on, that would be great. Yeah. Um... That's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question. That's a six six point five five million dollar question, right? Uh, I mean, I think team formation. Uh, forget team formation. I think the how do you find your co-founders, right? Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing. Um, you know, this is where I think um, um, you know sometimes if you want to do something, you want to start a company with an idea. Um, uh, uh, 
you have to be thoughtful, right? Um, uh, I generally do not recommend people doing it alone. I mean, unless you're kind of like jack of all trades and, and you, you, you know, you can kind of deal with the ups and downs and just a lot of emotional ups and downs. And just, it's good to have another person to kind of bounce things off of. So I think my advice to entrepreneurs is always that, you know, whether you're a tech guy or a business guy, uh, find your, your, your soulmate in some ways, right, in business, right? You know, if you're a business guy, find your counterpart on the tech side, or if you're a tech guy, find your counterpart on the business, right? Um, I don't think, I think to me, you know, sometimes you just need, you know, one other co-founder and that's it. You know, it's a founding team. Sometimes you need two, depending on the, the types of project and complexity. But I think a lot of this is making sure that, um, uh, you know, you mind your past network. I think this is where your past experience and comes into play, right? Like who you have worked well with, that you can rely on, that you kind of have the, a very similar mindset and, and value system. I think that's really important. Um, you know, I think there are two reasons why startups don't make it, right? Number one, they run a lot of money. And I think number two, um, you know, the founders give up. And a lot of times the root of founders giving up is just the founders don't get along. Right? So I think that's really important. Um, yeah. um, I mean, especially you're going to spend more time with your co-founder than your spouse, likely. So, um, so yeah. So I think I think I think it's non-deterministic. I would say invest time going out, network, meet people. Uh, don't jump into bed super early. You know, if you find someone that you're excited about, you know, maybe spend a few months just working with them and see how that pans out before you split equity or whatever. Right. Uh, I think it's important to just kind of test things out and 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 have a honeymoon period. So um, the, my again, I will make one comment um, based on what you said, Vaikat, uh, on this topic. Uh, we are seeing a, a very big uptick in solo founders getting to a million in revenue right now, and it's um, typically not the kinds of companies that you described in your portfolio. These very heavy technology company, and, and these are not the fast startup style of companies it would tend to be coming from the lean startup area, but it's an unusually uh, prolific time for solo entrepreneurs as well and with very little money and using a bunch of freelancers, offshore resources and so forth, you can actually put together companies these days that will get you to a million a year and Absolutely. beyond. I mean, it's unusual, uh, really interesting what's happening. One of our case studies that I've always loved and I found it inspiring myself is a company called Fine Art America and you can go look at it on, on the blog. Um, it's a company that had just three people and they were doing five million a year, which is unbelievable level of scaling with very, very economic. Uh, these, you know, are, these are my favorite kind of companies. These are my favorite. Kind. <laughs> so this is what I tell people, right? This is what I tell people, right? Guys, like, like this whole, idea of raising money and it's like like that shouldn't be your first choice you know the best kind of financing yeah. is from your customers right customers, why why Always. why why do you why do you want to sell pieces of your company if you don't have to right i'll give you right. another example uh, uh, along that line right like there's so many open source software today that you know you can scale you can build a lot of stuff just with a very limited number of people right maybe even one person right this, this is yeah. my uh, my favorite case study um there's a company called built with it's out of australia uh, is by a gentleman called uh, Gary Brewer, uh, and 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 to me he's sort of like the extreme classical case. One guy, 
uh, one guy built this business over a period of 10 years. Uh, I believe he's, his run rate right now is about $12 million a year. There you go. Wow. There you go. Yep. One guy. And I think he's got half a person in London that does content marketing, that, you know, blogs and stuff like that. That's it. And, and, and my guess is that, like, his stuff is so automated. I think he works, like, four hours a day. That's it. Yeah. Right? You don't need You're nothing. You don't, this, yeah, this is, this is sort of like, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, to me, once you get a company to that stage, that's the ideal makeup, right? Because then if you wanted to raise money, you control all the cards. You want to raise money at a higher valuation to kind of blow this up. You can do that. But if you want to keep it a lifestyle business that just, you know, spews off cash, you can do that too. Right. And, and in the 1 million by 1 million program, we are actually completely inclusive of those companies that want to build bootstraps and, and to those even solo entrepreneurs getting to million, two million, five million dollars kind of range. You don't have to go from zero to hundred million in five to seven yeah. years, which is what VCs are looking for, but you can, uh, you know, build businesses, successful businesses other ways.